रोशनी का कारवा दिस पॉडकास्ट इज ब्रॉट टू यू बाय बैरियर ब्रेक सॉल्यूशंस प्राइवेट लिमिटेड एंड स्कोर फाउंडेशन Hi my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations my guest today is Mahendra Galani who lives in Austria he is a fun loving person enjoys traveling enjoys cricket enjoys playing chess Mahendra you went to uh, Austria when you were 32 so let's look at what uh, what you were doing in India before can you tell us uh, in terms of profession and um, your academics and so on uh, your life prior to the age of 32 i had vision till the age of 12 where i went to mainstream school and uh, after my accident and blindness i went to school for the blind uh, finished matriculation and then finished my studies with uh, ma with political science i started uh, law degree uh studied only first year but then i got a job and got involved with voluntary activities i was lucky um at very young age i was just 20 and got first a temporary appointment with uh, lic life insurance corporation of india and which was then regulated and uh, worked for uh, 15 Well, 16 years. You said that uh, you lost your eyesight at the age of 12 because of an accident. Until then, you were uh, part of a mainstream school. Uh, did you take time to rearrange your life, or was it a kind of smooth transition? Um, it was quite a challenging thing. I was for a year and a half, um, one and a half year at home only, um, because my parents they were not aware but luckily one day my father read uh, in the newspaper that if you have a child who is uh, blind then there is a special schools existing for the blind children and he knew that i was interested so he wrote to uh, that time was blind men's association bombay and um, mr pravin dandia who is unfortunately no more he was a home teacher he came to our place and he spoke about how the education blind people blind children um, can take with the braille and other details and i still remember today that i was fascinated when all my neighborhood uh, aunts were sitting and uh, watching him and when he told the time to all of us even i was also surprised that he could say the time and quite accurately because all my neighborhood neighborhood aunts were looking at their wristwatches and so so that still remains the fascination and that inspired me that well if mr pravin dandia can um, tell the time and as a blind person then i can certainly do that and that inspired me and that brought me to the Victoria Memorial School for the Blind and from there on my second chapter of the life started so to say in fact when we were having a conversation about this recording today uh, you said that um, um, you know 
the india pakistan game is on today in the world cup and therefore let's do the uh, recording in the morning uh, so uh, since when have you been fascinated by the game and have you played the game and how have you pursued your interest in this sport like any other indian child i was playing uh, regular cricket uh, when i could see and once i turned blind uh, of course my first thoughts were that i can study anymore i can enjoy cricket anymore and when i went to victoria memorial school for the blind there there were different methods uh, that uh, my fellow students were playing and um, of course then with the ball with a rattling sound and that's how then i continued to play and once i stopped playing uh, after i moved to austria um the interest in the cricket uh, as a game is uh, still uh, there and i enjoy uh, and i'm lucky for today's technology that i am able to enjoy the cricket also in australia which is basically predominantly country with uh, uh, skiing and football you started working with lic it is uh, a matter of curiosity uh, how did the employment actually happen how did the recruitment actually happen well um i must uh, here express my thanks to uh, national federation of the blind and those days there was a movement going on in india in uh, maharashtra and i suppose also at uh, in other parts of india regarding recruitment uh, for disabled people and since 1981 was declared by united nations as year for the disabled and uh, government and semi government bodies they were all wanting to do the recruitment and do their bit and that's how they advertised the uh, vacancies for lic and um, my one of my fellow college student her father was uh, working for lic and she gave me the news and she said well you apply and let's see and um uh i went for interview we were about uh, i think six of us and they were looking for three people and i was one of those three lucky men who was chosen at the age of 32 you relocated to vienna austria uh, how did that happen well that's an interesting story since i told you that um at the uh, age of 20 21 when i found a job and then i got in involved with uh, voluntary activities i joined one organization it's called service civil international sci yes it's predominantly organization working for international peace and understanding and basically nothing really to do with uh, disability or blindness so i got involved in organizational activities and was organizing work camps and part of uh, sci's effort is to organize exchange program also international exchange program and in 1992 i was selected uh, from india to take part in three months exchange program um, which was in ireland England and Belgium so those three months i took part in different work camps and uh, traveled bit on my own and that's how i came to 
Austria in 1992, um, where one of my reader from India, she was studying here and I could stay with her. And that's where I met when I was here, my first wife and fallen in love with one Austrian girl and we got married and have one son together. And then after 10 years, divorce came. And so what is today's normal story? So that's how then we decided that I should uh, resign my job and move to Austria because for her, it was too much to be in India. Yeah. And that, um, Finally, I left uh, India and moved here in 1996. When you uh, came back to Austria, how did you um, uh, get your first job there? Because, uh, uh, you know, you, you were moving into a new country and uh, new situations. Uh, so tell us the story behind your job. Yes, I was most reluctant to uh, leave India. As you can, uh, fellow Indian, you can understand that I had such a wonderful, uh, good paying well-paid job in India with LIC and I had to learn a new language here because uh, German is an Austrian uh, national language. Uh, those days were not so many people uh, would, would speak English, which nowadays a lot of young people are. So that was a challenge. First, I had to learn the language. Um, I joined in 1997, 10-month long, long German language course. Along with that, the basics of computer. And once I uh, did that, then it uh, opened up the job prospects. I started uh, working, writing for a local news magazine about uh, article on political science. I was also doing uh, telephone counseling work. Uh, for people who were lonely, depressed, uh, suicidal. And there again, my study of psychology helped. Eventually, then uh, I heard about the project, which is called Dialogue in the Dark, which is also in uh, India, apart from another 30 countries. And, um, and that was, for me, most fascinating work. If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the IWA National Toll Free Helpline number 1800532069. The number is 1800 Dialogue in the Dark uh, is essentially uh, an exhibition. This exhibition puts people through some kind of experiential uh, understanding of what blind people go through in a manner of speaking. Would I be right? Yes. If I may uh, elaborate, uh, the Dialogue in the Dark concept was developed by uh, one Dr. Andreas Heineke from Germany. He was writing his thesis, How Best blind and visually impaired people can be integrated into society. And he came up with the idea that if we have this exhibition where uh, uh, able-bodied people come and experience in the total darkness, then they would realize how, first of all, that difficulties, what kind of difficulties blind and visually impaired people face. And second, 
that in spite of those difficulties, what all can be done and how far it is possible. And the third main idea is that it's not just uh, your eyesight which is important, your other science are equally important, how much you can experience through. So he developed this concept in Germany, in many German uh, cities and all. It's a kind of permanent exhibition uh, where there are uh, different rooms. So he developed the concept that first room is uh, nature, where you go into a room, you will feel there are bushes, there are trees, there are different paths, so you can feel with your feet. Uh, there is a gravel path. You would hear about sound of birds. Um, you will walk on the hanging bridge and underneath you will hear the river flowing. These are, of course, sound effects of birds or river flowing. It's nothing uh, in real. But the simulation is so excellent that you really feel, um, of course, trees and bushes, they are... Uh, 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 real and genuine. There is a park bench and all kind of uh, uh, effects which can you can find in the nature. The second room is street or a city. So if you go into big cities like Delhi or Bombay and all, um, what kind of traffic noise you are confronted, what kind of things are parked or they should not be parked on the footpath. <laughs> um, and you have experience of going into the shop. Most of the shops were either um, ready-made cloth, so you can try and touch and identify what it is, or fruits and vegetable shop. So again, as a blind and visually impaired person, you can touch and try and identify. And... Use most of the time, either there used to be a bus ride, um, which again is excellent simulation, or a boat ride. And you have a feeling that you really uh, travel with a bus or with a boat. And in the boat, they had all the wonderful possibilities. You can, as a captain, make an announcement. You hear all kinds of sounds which you would hear if you are on the sea. And the last room, in most uh, installations is a bar or a coffee house where you can order a soft drink or coffee or tea and you have to actually pay cash um, to the person who is serving you the drink and you get the money in exchange, I mean the return, your change. And in the bar, in the restaurant, you have a possibility while you're drinking to interact with the guide more uh, the guide is one which I was also working and they can ask questions about your personal life or how you manage, uh, like people would ask how you shave or, you know, as a man or what you do, how you find your love or all kinds of questions. And as a last thing, you come out and they see you now. Uh, I must say that initially, your uh, visitors, they don't see you, they just hear your voice. And the idea is that they are encouraged to form a picture of you. And at the end of the tour, which mostly lasts one hour, they see you and they try and compare that. Well, we thought you were short or you were tall or you have loads of hair or uh, whatever. And then they write their um, remarks in the visitor's book. 
would I be right in kind of saying that um, each of these dialogue in the dark and dining in the dark and so on are uh, great platforms where blind and visually impaired people are also employed and trained? Yes, it is absolutely that uh, it's also uh, the employment is created. But as I said, it's not just employment, but also a lot of awareness because companies also come and uh, uh, we used to have uh, bankers coming and, you know, all Philips or all Siemens and, and it also in, encouraged them if they have a fellow employee who happened to be blind to how to interact and they used to give us a feedback that, well, now we understand why our colleague is doing certain things this way and we will have much more better understanding about him or her now after this experience. Uh, Mahendra, I had come to Austria, I think it was 2007, and I had the uh, good fortune of uh, visiting and experiencing Dialogue in the Dark for the first time as uh, being part of an exhibition. And of course, I knew that you were working there and I'd asked for you and I was told that you had gone to get married. So It was, uh, it was 2006, November, George, when you came. Right. So, because I got married in 2006, uh, November. Right. Yeah, I'm sure the date is... Uh, 2006. So, uh, tell me a little bit about... Uh, because if I forget my my wedding day, you, you can imagine what can happen with my wife. So. I know, you could be in trouble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you met and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit about your wife. Yes. Um, my, this is my second marriage. I was uh, for a number of years on my own. And in 2005, my wife, Adina, she is also known to a lot of people. She was, for a number of years, member of Access India. And she is from Romania. And when she was member of Access India, in 2005, she wrote to Access India requesting that whether somebody can share some websites where she can listen to Indian music. She is very much into music. And uh, she wrote additionally that, well, I'm not an Indian, I'm a Romanian, but I'm interested in um, Indian music. And she was associated with the art of living, Sri Sri Ravishanda. Yes. So when I read this, so I replied and um, I wrote to her that, well, these are the websites uh, where I was listening to Indian music. And uh, I wrote additionally also, I said, well, it's uh, nice, you are in Romania, I'm in Austria, it's not such a great uh, distance, and maybe we can stay in touch. And um, then I must say, I, I kept on pestering her and writing to her mail, and uh, eventually I succeeded uh, getting her Skype ID and finally her mobile number. <laughs> I had liking for her and I just was pursuing her. She came to India before we met. Uh, there was uh, Art of Living 25 years celebration in, uh, I think it was March of 2006, where, uh, or February, I'm not sure which month. And she went to Bangalore uh, uh, for 25 years celebration. And thereafter, um, she also developed liking and interest for me. And we said, we, let's meet first because we have only spoken, never met personally. And when she met, we met, and then we had a liking for each other, then we decided to marry and 
and that's how our my my journey, so to say, with my second marriage continued. Just to additionally uh, mention, she is a wonderful singer. She likes Indian music and she is singing herself. Many people tell me that you have done great uh, things uh, with uh, you contributing for her Indian music. I had almost no contribution except that I help her once in a while to explain the meaning of the song. But otherwise, she was already into music. Her father is a great musician in Romania and uh, music is in her blood. Only thing I helped her with uh, uh, Indian, uh, Hindi class, classical uh, music, which she likes, the lyrics part of it. But otherwise, the rest she's doing on her own. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in So, uh, 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 Mahendra, you are also uh, into chess in a big way. Uh, how did you get involved with chess in the first place, and uh, how did um, and 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 what is the extent of your chess playing uh, today? Uh, the chess I started um, in in India just before I left. There were a couple of friends in Bombay. They were playing chess, and they told me, "Come along, and maybe you might enjoy." So I just went, learned just the basics of it, um, and. Then I realized, I mean, after it was, I think, a year or so after that, I moved to Austria. And here, initially, I was basically still struggling, so it didn't happen. Finally, in 1997, when I um, started learning German, before that, um, my first wife, she asked the people in the chess club here, there is a chess club for the blind, uh, whether I can also play and whether they would help me with um, English because that time only language I could speak was English for uh, uh, Austrian blind people. So they took me into the stride and I learned basic German that time how to pronounce the chess moves in German. And from then on, then it started. And we started uh, coming up, knowing about it that there are in Skype different people and different countries are organizing tournaments. Uh, so I started joining those Skype tournaments where we would use Skype as a medium to get connected with a fellow chess player from maybe sitting in US or Canada or in Australia. And somebody, third person would uh, arbitrate to just to make sure that, uh, you know, we play with a chess clock and uh, that everything is fine and uh, moves are not illegal moves. And so they would play on their chessboard, the same thing. And this Skype thing took in a big way last year when lockdown uh, was introduced in most parts of the world uh, because a lot of people and especially also we blind people were at home. And uh, we started our website and we started organizing chess tournaments. And I am actually one of the um, person who is organizing and we have found the groups. There are five of us. 
five people committee which is running. Uh, it's called Skype Chess Google Groups, and uh, we have a website chessfriends.org where uh, we upload the games and we organize international chess friend cafe where people can come and talk about anything and everything under the sun. Yeah, so and I'm not so to say a very good player, but I'm not either so bad. So it's more enjoy, passion, playing, uh, organizing, and that we're meeting people from different countries. So which I anyhow, as I told you, I like to be with people, and this helps me also. Uh, Mahendra, you also uh, love traveling, you had mentioned. Uh, now, as a blind person, uh, I don't want to ask you how you travel, but what is it that makes traveling exciting and enjoyable for you? What are the kind of experiences that uh, kind of inspires you to travel more? Um, George, I still travel and I enjoy traveling. Um, recently, I was in Slovenia, which is our neighboring country. Uh, for me, the traveling... Before, um, when I started, my first tour was in U.S. in 1989, and then I mentioned to you about uh, exchange program in Europe. Um, that me gives me an idea about interaction with people, about their music, about food habits, and you hear the language, the thought process of the language, uh, and of course, Every country, every city has their own fragrance, their own ways. So all these elements um, make me, you know, to visit and curious about uh, other countries and culture. Now, of course, because I eventually learned the computer and technology and able to find the information beforehand in internet, a um, little bit about, um, you know, that place or where I'm traveling. And because of technology, a lot of audio guides and a lot of information is available. And since the history of the you know, particular country or city is always fascinates me. So all those elements help me still to enjoy. And I love food of all different countries, though I'm vegetarian, so it's relatively restricted. But I enjoy food. And that also is one of the elements, apart from I'd like to try wine of different countries, especially mostly European countries. Um, so all these elements really help me. So taste, music, culture and interaction with people. Well, Mahendra, thank you very much for uh, taking time to speak to me. It's, you had a fascinating journey and uh, wish you the very best as you continue your uh, exploration of the world and enjoyment of life. All the best. Thank you so much, George, and thanks for having me again. This podcast was brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshani, 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 Roshani.